Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. The results of Australia's latest census have thrown up a number of interesting shifts when it comes to faith and religion. The figures are being interpreted as Australians turning their back on religion. More than a fifth of the nation's population now claims to follow no religion at all. That's about one million more than five years earlier. Yet, the fastest growing religion is, not as many would expect Islam, but Hinduism. To crunch the numbers, Ruth Powell from the National Church Life Survey joins us. Ruth, welcome to Open House. Thanks very much. Thanks for coming in. Just what do these figures show us about uh, those walking away from religion? Do these figures surprise you? Uh, No, they don't surprise me. Can I give you a snapshot of where Australia's up to at the moment in terms of the religion question? Probably the first thing I'd want to mention with this is the census measures apples. We've got to make sure we know what we're counting here. So we're not measuring how many people go to church. We're not measuring what people believe, how many members there are. What we're measuring here is the census asks, what is your religion? And it's how Australians are willing to identify themselves, who they affiliate with. So it's not who you'll see in church on Sunday. So at the moment in Australia, two-thirds of Australians describe themselves as religious and a third are non-religious. That's the simplest version, if you like. Yes. When you break it down a bit further, you have um, six out of ten people say they affiliate with a Christian denomination. So when you crunch that number, that comes out as 13 million people. So you will hear comments about Christianity on the decline in Australia, and there is a trend, that is true, but you're still talking 13 million people, 61% of Australians identify with Christianity. Then you have the non-Christian religions, so that's Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, um, Judaism, and, and, you know, the the whole mix of others, which (laughs) I don't know whether Jedi is still in there, but that was a favourite a few years ago. (laughs) They did. They always. (laughs) I think people are very sad that the Jedi religion has dropped right off, you know. But when you put that whole group together, that's about 7% of Australians fall into the non Christian religions. And then, as you mentioned, uh, about 22% ticked a box called no religion. And that only arrived in the census in the 70s, which is interesting in itself that they added a no religion box in the 70s. Because it became such an option. Yes. And then uh, the, the, there's a crowd about 10%, it's about 9% this time, who it, it's an optional question. So 9% of Australians didn't tell us. So not stated. Um, that's the picture at the moment. Yeah. Of the non-Christian religions... Mm-hmm. As I said, I think many would expect there to be an increase, a predominant increase in Islam, but it's yes. Hinduism. Well, Islam has, in, well, all of them have increased. Yes. Uh, it's primarily related to migration patterns, okay. but the largest group is actually Buddhism. So you've got 2.5% who are Buddhists, and that's about just over half a million people. And 2.2% are Muslim, or who affiliate with Islam is how you'd better say it. And they there's fewer Muslims than Buddhists in Australia. Following that are the, are the Hindu group, and they are the fastest growing group in this census. Now, when you hear it, and you'll hear extraordinary figures like, you know, 189% growth over the last five years, and you think, oh my goodness, what's going on? When you boil it down, you're still looking at 1.3% of Australians are Hindu. 
And why that growth is there, I would say, is most likely related to migration patterns. So we have a lot of Indians coming over in, in recent migrant arrivals and they bring their Hindu faith with them. And so when they look at that form, that's the box they tick. Yeah. From your extensive work over the years with the National Church Life Survey, how do you reflect on these figures as they apply to the Christian religion mm. and what's happening to yes. religion generally? Yeah, look, uh, you asked if I was surprised by these figures, and I'm not. They're right on track. And uh, we're releasing a publication in a couple of months called Enriching Church Life. And one of the things we've done in that is to actually map over the last 100 years religious affiliation in Australia. And you go back 100 years and you see that pretty well the whole population ticked the Christian box. So 96% ticked the Christian box. And it goes along for a while, then it starts to plummet. And it starts to plummet in the 60s and 70s when a whole lot of stuff about the world changed. Massive cultural change, massive social change. People's worldview changed. And so what we saw, and we continue to see this census, this decline in people who tick a religion box of any sort and a decline in people who tick that Christian box. Still six out of 10 do, but you're looking at a decline. And I think that one of the important things to say is um, this is not just Australia this no. is around the world or yes. well, this is in western countries I should I should <laughs> specify yeah. this is a western pattern and it's not just churches it's volunteer organizations people who have voluntary membership have suffered the unions have suffered community groups have suffered so it's more like there's these deep trends going on about how people engage in community together how they express their belonging um, and the rise of individualism, I think, yes. is in there. There's a lot less affiliation going on. One That's of the commentators right. has said that. That's right. So people don't affiliate to anything. And so Christian religion suffers along with everything else. How are the Christian denominations faring in this census? Um, I th the Catholics are the largest group. As, as they always have been uh, and they continue to be, uh, followed by Anglicans, followed by the Uniting Church. So that's a pattern we've seen for a while. What's interesting this time is that the no religion group is, is starting to move up in terms of the balance. You know, there's more people, say, in Sydney who say that they have no religion than say they have United, you know, that they're affiliated with the Uniting Church. So there's a bit of a shift going on there. Christian churches are responding in a range of ways. I th I th look, I think one of the keys with all of this is to think about generations. Yeah. And I think that when we say in the 60s and 70s things changed, the young people are the carriers of the new way of seeing the world. And as those young people who were the baby boomers in the 60s and 70s, as they move through our society in our time and the people that follow them, the Gen X, the Gen Y, etc., they are bringing a new way of engaging the world and the place of religion is changing. And I think that you have to watch the generations. So I'm not surprised when I see younger people are less likely to pick a religion, more likely to say no religion. And I go, that's, they're, the, they're the messengers, if you like, and they're the ones we need to listen to very well. Yes. David Birchall from the Political History Department at the University of Western Sydney says people see it as cool to identify as having no religion. Yeah, now that's, that's not... very young, isn't it? Yeah, it's not something you hear a 60-year-old say, you know, <laughs> or maybe 70-year-old now. Yeah. <laughs> maybe baby boomers still say it's cool, you know. Yes. <laughs> but it is. It's, it's, it's sort of... It's, it's that part of... 
um, saying, I don't commit to anything, I keep myself free, able to move. Um, you see a lot of sort of spiritual supermarket shopping. I'll, I like a bit of this, I'll have a bit of that. Not necessarily negative, but just picking and choosing and dropping, you know, if it doesn't suit me. Yeah. Um, that's part of the flavor. And I think that's the challenge then for churches who, or for any religion that says, we have a clear message that we want to share. Is it how it's packaged? Is that the problem or the challenge? I think I think that's part of it. And I think the churches have had a few decades now. Some of them, see, when young people you would often leave, but in the, up to the 60s, they always came back. They'd have kids and they, you know, they'd go test the, check out the world, but they'd have kids and go, oh, I think I need some values in my life and my kid's life. And they'd come back to church. And in the 60s, the age profile of the community was the same as the church. But when the young people left in the 60s, they didn't come back. And now the kids aren't there. And so what you have now is this pattern where, and I think the churches went, they'll come back, it'll be all right, they'll come back. And probably a lot of churches didn't realize quickly enough and didn't embrace the change that needed to be changes that needed to be made but it's happening now yes in your survey and again you're to release it in a couple of months what's it generally find about Mm. the health of those local churches and how they're responding are you optimistic well it's interesting the national church life survey started in 1991 at the same time as the census and it was a deliberate uh i think a response from the churches uh, we've we've got now the largest survey in the world of church life, bar none. And that's a credit to Australian churches who saw what was going on that's and right. said, we need to listen well, we need to listen to our community, and we need to work out what it is to connect with our wider communities again and to be the healthiest organisations we can be. Uh, you know, Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. How can we have churches that are full of abundant life yeah. and offer that? So that's, the I think, you know... They were very brave and decided to collect some evidence and listen. And so they've done that now. And and we thought it would be a one-year study, one-year project. 20 years later, we're still at it. And the churches, I think, are taking this and saying, we need to look in the mirror. We need to understand where our strengths are and we need to grow our health. And that will happen this year as we roll out results from next Monday to local churches. And it'll be the local church as they uh, try and be the healthiest places they can be with the people who they are where they are that's part of how the church is responding and it will continue to demand change Mm. Mm. and and part of the change will be some of some churches will stay exactly as they are and offer that that certainty that um the tradition the richness of saying you come to us and you find the same thing you did a thousand years ago, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and other churches are experimenting, pioneering things, having a go at things. And I think it's a real rich time of, of possibility and, and diversity. And as the Australian church continues to um, be willing to find its way forward, I think there's there's good hope there. Well, I look forward very much to catching up on the results over the next week and indeed into the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. Ruth, thank you so much for coming in. You're welcome. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.